This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. I have good news for you this morning. December is coming. Woo! Who of you are dreaming about your December holiday? Oh, there's a few. All right. So I'm not, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. I think sometimes dreaming about your holiday is sometimes the best part because then it's still perfect, right? Nothing can go wrong because you're just dreaming. And, you know, I, I'm here this morning to not only help you dream about a good December, but to actually help you to have a good December. And not only to have a good December, but to have a good January as well. How does that sound? I mean, I mean, we're busy with a series on revival. We're really trusting the Lord for revival to come to our hearts, to our homes, and to our cities. We're really excited about just what God's been doing, you know, the last, I mean, how many years? I don't know how many of you have been part of the church for more than 10 years, but it's just amazing how how we see people come and we see what God does in their lives. And it excites us. This is why Andre and I do what we do. And while we have a staff, you know, we can do a lot of other things uh, in terms of, uh, of a career, but they choose to, to serve us at the church. They choose to, to work for the church because God is doing amazing things in our midst, and it's our greatest honor and privilege to witness that. So that is why we talk about revival. This is why we talk about revival, not only, you know, out there, but right here. Revival starts right here in our hearts. And the word revival actually comes from the word revive. And you'll see, if you look it up in the dictionary, there's a lot of different uh, definitions. But the one that I want to focus on this morning is revive means to become strong, healthy, and active again. How does that sound? (laughs) Strong, healthy, and active again. And I mean, let's be honest. I think we often put our trust in a holiday to do this to revive us, to make us strong, healthy, and active again. And the only problem is a holiday in itself cannot do this. Just the idea of a holiday, just taking time off or not going to work, it would not necessarily revive us. You know, and if you're going to talk to a mom with small kids, she will tell you why it wouldn't revive her, because the nanny is on leave and the schools are closed and the husband's on the golf course. (laughs) Or fishing, you know. So I realize, you know, when, when I think about December and, and our decisions, I realize that the reason why I'm often not revived is I'm focused on my own personal priorities. I'm focused on my needs. You know, it becomes me, myself, and I that want to relax. You know, because I, I need a break. I deserve a break. This is what we tell ourselves. And yes, you do. But I want to propose this morning that relax is not the goal. Relaxing is not the goal. Reviving is the goal. Because if we're going to make reviving our goal, we're going to make very, very different decisions. Because if relaxing is our goal, it's going to be very inwardly focused. It's going to be me, myself, and I, my movie. You know, who cares about your movie? I want to watch my movie. You know, I want to I wanna spend my holiday the way I want to spend it. You know, I watch Marvel superhero movies all the time. I just need to put it out there, you know. 
And then occasionally, occasionally my husband says, okay, what do you want to watch? And then, now he does it from time to time. But I mean, to be real and honest, I've got two men, two very men with very similar blood in their veins who love the superhero. So this is, this is, yeah, I've made a piece with it. It's all good. I've made a piece with it. But I think when, when, when a holiday is about me, myself and I, we can so easily become irritable. You know, or impatient or resentful. We actually resent the people that we love most because they don't respect my way of or my priorities. And then, you know, your, your, your dream holiday becomes a nightmare because you're so focused on what you want to achieve, what you want to get out of the season or the gift you want. And now your husband buys you a toaster, you know, or a, kettle or whatever and i mean you were dreaming about that nice perfume you know and surely you must know you must know what your favorite perfume is but after 21 years you know you would still not know <laughs> at least i'm not getting a toaster anymore <laughs> but it's <laughs> we can we can so easily be focused on what i want from this season, and then we miss, we miss our family, we miss our friends. We, it just becomes a goal to relax, and a goal about me, myself, and I. And in the process, we, we, we do not actually have the holiday that we want. You know, we actually don't get what we want because we are so self-focused. So I wanna, I wanna propose this morning that if we really wanna feel revived and ready for 2023. We need to make a few decisions. It's not only going to lead to relaxing, but also to reviving. Reviving. So I want to say that December's decisions become January's ammunition. I'll explain that to you if you don't understand it. But every time we make a decision, I believe every time we make a decision in December, it will actually lead to either destructive or life-giving ammunition for the next year or the next season, because this is our season to revive. And if we miss it, we're going to come back in January tired, without faith, depressed. You know, it's, it's, and when I often talk about it, but one of, one of the hardest things for us in church is to see people excited about Jesus in November. And we don't see them in January. They're gone. You know? So say, say with me, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to be that person. Okay, we, we're talking about other people today. <laughs> but it's, it's really tough. You know, for us, it's so hard sore to see somebody doing an encounter for in November. And they are delivered. There's a real moment. There's a real encounter with the Lord. And somewhere between November and January, something happens. You know? And I really believe that is... That is moments. It's, it's moments that pile up because it's never just one, one decision. It's, a, it's multiple decisions we make in December that either lead to destructive or life-giving ammunition in January. So there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 10 that says, For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power. So I want to, I want to illustrate something to you this morning. So I have, I have a gun, I have two guns, but let's start with this one. 
Let's call this our human weapon. Okay, every decision I make is going to load this weapon with ammunition. Okay, it's either going to be life-giving or it's going to be destructive, but it will come, you know. It, it, whatever is in our heart will come out. Whatever, like Andre always says, whatever, whatever entertains us will enter us. And that will somehow come out in your, your patience or in the, in the way we, you deal with things. So if I'm going to keep on loading this weapon with me, myself, and I, you know, I would get impatient with my family and I would want to shoot them. <laughs> and I would want, don't let me down, weapon. I wanna, oh sorry, I'm aiming, I'm aiming just for Andre this morning. <laughs> I can't do this at home, but I can't do it, you know, publicly because then, then I walk in the light and then you know in any case what's happening. If I load this weapon, if we're gonna load our human weapons, we're going to shoot impatience, irritability. We're we, we going to become despondent, fearful, regretful. We're going we're gonna to do a, a, a multiple things that is going to be destructive for our families, for our friends, for, for people around us. So what about the opposite? What about loading a spiritual weapon? Okay, so I've got another gun here. Okay. Okay. How does this sound? Okay. So, what about loading life-giving ammunition? Okay, decisions that will actually load peace and patience and contentment and faith and joy. Amen. What about making decisions that's going to release life-giving ammunition? Because whatever we're going to fill ourselves with, it will come out. It does. It comes out in our actions, in our words, in our attitudes, in our facial expressions, in the, you know, things we do and say. So what about, what about aiming to revive and not only to relax? Because I really believe that will determine our decision-making. In December, you know, we, we can talk about revival, we can pray for revival, but ultimately, you know, the Bible says we cannot just be a, a hearer of the word. We need to be a doer. We need to actually have some kind of action plan in partnership with God, and I'll, I'll get to that. But we need to be intentional, right? We need to be intentional. Oh, I want to illustrate something else. So if this is, this wouldn't go to Andre, so please relax. <laughs> So if you, if you're loading this all the time, this is now your human weapon, right? You're shooting your family, your friends, your children, your grandparents, everybody. You shoot yourself. No, man. Oh. You see, I'm not playing with this enough. You shoot yourself in the foot. You know, you, you think you're going to relax, but meantime, you really shoot yourself in the foot. You actually you, you're destroying something that could be beautiful. It could really be beautiful. Okay, so if we do things God's way, it's going to look very different to doing things my way. And I think the problem is often this, this time of the year, we, 
we want to do me, myself, and I. Because we tell ourselves we deserve this. We worked hard. We, we, we deserve to maybe get a bonus. We deserve to get a break. We deserve to, to spoil ourselves a little bit, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. In itself, it's nothing wrong. It's when, it's when we load and load and load too many of these things that it becomes unhealthy. So I want to give you a few decisions you can consider, right? You need to make your own choices. You need to decide whether you want to relax or revive. That's your decision. I'm not going to tell you what to do. That's your choice. But I'm going to give you a few ideas how to not only relax but to revive as well. Amen? So first one, how many of you have heard about the Chosen series? Okay. Many, but not all of you, so that's, that's good. <laughs> I want to introduce you to a series called The Chosen. Season one's out. Season two is out. I think season three is coming now in December. We're really excited about this as a family. It's something we all enjoy. It's life-giving. So if you're going to watch series in any case, I know there's some of you, you watch until three o'clock in the morning. Don't raise your hands. I don't want to know who you are. <laughs> I might as well give you something to watch until three o'clock in the morning. Okay? I might as well give you something to watch. It's amazing. They, they get into the culture of, of that time, into the characters, into the disciples, the background. It is absolutely amazing. You feel revived after you've watched an episode. So I would love to show you just a trailer for season one. And I mean, even if you've seen it before, what, what about watching season one, two, and three, you know, this festive season and actually fill yourself up with something that's going to load your spiritual weapon. So let's watch this together. Excuse me. I have something for you. For me. Throw this down for a catch. Uh, I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. incredible. Everything that grows here is immaculate. Except for the people. You're such a miserable lot. You worship one God, and yet you're all divided. Only one language keeps their peace. Learn to speak it. You are the great Nicodemus. I serve only God. Yes. Yes, so do your enemies. Rogue preachers in the wilderness, raving about a coming Messiah. Sarah, you're scared. Lost everything. Burned every bridge. If I don't catch a ton of fish, I'll get some help somehow. They'll arrest me. I'm trapped. No more talking, Simon. Maybe God can get your attention now. Who are you? Fear not. 
For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. I saw him. It was incredible. You have experienced a miracle. You are healed. What do you want from me? Follow me. He performs miracles and seeks no credit? Who did this? I don't know his name. His time for men to know has not yet come. We've we waited for you for so long, we believe. You have much bigger things ahead of you, Simon, son of Jonah. Anything is possible now. Don't you see? Would you at least know him if you saw him again? I will know him for the rest of my life. <laughs> Amen and amen. This is so, so amazing. So if, if you haven't been exposed to this, put it as one of a December, one December decision that's going to revive you. You, you go, you download it, the chosen app and you stream it to your television. It's free. You don't pay a cent. You can make donations, but it's free. And this is, this is going to revive you. This is going to change your December into something that's going to be life-giving compared to something that will be relaxing but not necessarily reviving. I mean, so second idea or something you can consider is make time for God. Now, I know we know this, you know, we know we should make time for God and sometimes we don't and then we feel guilty and we feel condemned and we don't know where to start and we fall asleep when we read the Bible and it's just, you know, you, you just struggle. You struggle to do that. And I, and I think often we think, oh, but I'm busy. I'm busy. That's why, you know, you, you, you say, no, but I don't have time to spend with Jesus or in the, in the word of God because I'm busy. I'm leaving home early. I'm getting home late. But now it, it's hopefully most of us. I know all of you don't have holidays in, in December, but maybe most of us would have extra time. So now what, what is our excuse now? You know, we can't say we're busy. Well, we might, you know, I, I always laugh at, at, um, at my son, you know, when I, when I think he's not focused. So, Vian, you must focus. No, but I am focused. I'm just focused on something else. That, you know, not what mommy wants me to focus on. You know, so maybe you think, no, but you're still busy. You're just not working, but you're still really busy. And I think sometimes our holidays, we spend even less time with God. If we're not intentional, if we don't have a plan. And I remember when, when Vian was small, when he was a toddler, and he still had to take afternoon naps. And, and it's holiday time, you know, and it's just crazy. It's family, and it's, you know, it's out of his routine. I remember how I would put him in the car because I was desperate for him to take a nap in the afternoon. Otherwise, you know, everything is, is chaos. And... It, it was actually inconvenient because I couldn't, I couldn't get him to fall asleep. Now I put him in the car, I take him for a drive. And then I got the idea 
you know, God gave me this idea that it can become my Bible reading time because I took him for a drive and then I would sit with him. He falls asleep and then I sit with him in the car and I, I would pack my Bible. I would pack my son. We go for a drive and I still to this day, I mean, this is now 12 years ago. I still to this day have memories of those moments. It was actually inconvenient. It, I had to be creative, you know, to, to keep him in a routine, and it became such a beautiful moment for me. Peace and quiet, he's sleeping, I'm in the car, it's just me and, and God and my Bible. And I want to encourage you. You know, sometimes it's just crazy. Family and it's too many people in, in one home. Be creative. You know, find a time with God or a space where you can be alone. And dedicate or consecrate that time to Jesus. I remember when I was at school, uh, I read a lot of fiction when I was at school. And I trained myself. I said, I'm not allowed to read my book unless I've read my Bible. You know, and and I remember those times where, you know, I could read my book without guilt. It was just so, it was really amazing because I've connected with God. I made it priority. And to this day, I still find myself, no, I can't just read my book if I haven't read my Bible. So I kind of disciplined myself from a young age and I still, you know, it's almost like ammunition or seed I've sown into my into my life, into my, into my habits, that I, it still bears fruit to this day. And maybe you haven't developed those habits, but it's not too late. You know, it's not too late to prioritize your time with God. And then when you do other things, you know, I mean, by all means, by all means, go play golf and do your fishing and play your game and watch your movie and read your book and, you know, do these things but not at the cost of your time with God. Because it, it will, it's going to be entertaining for a few days, and then it's going to become destructive ammunition. Because we need to connect to the vine. You see, God says he's the vine, we are the branches. Without him, we can do nothing. So you, you're going to try and have a good holiday, but if you're not connected to the vine, your branch is going to dry up. It's, gonna, it's, it's not going to be nice anymore. <laughs> And that is the reality. I mean, we've experienced that the moment we do not, we go over to too much relaxing and too much entertainment compared to filling ourselves up with the word of God, with Jesus, it, it's actually not nice anymore. So I want to encourage you, do your relaxing things, but not at the cost. Of, of Jesus. I mean, we can, there's so many things we can do. I always think, why should our time with God be boring? There's so many tools, you know, there's the YouVersion Bible app, and I hope most of you have downloaded that onto your phone. But there's actually so much. There's so much on that that we can use. You know, get yourself a Bible plan. Do it with a friend. Do it with a family member. Do it as a life group. Find something that's not going to bore you. Okay? Find something that excites you. There's plans that's all about leadership, you know, born to lead. There's this really nice one, born to lead, or let your light shine. Or I mean, there's just so many different ones. You don't need to be bored <laughs> when you spend time in the Word of God. Get yourself a plan that excites you. But then you need to go into the options. You need to be intentional and find yourself a plan, you know, that's going to revive you. Or there's something called the Word of Promise. Audio Bible, it's something that's 
They used a cast of over 600 actors to record this. It is amazing. You know, there's music, there's drama, there's different voices, there's backgrounds, you know, background voices. It is amazing. This is something you would need to invest in a little bit. You need to, I think, buy it or pay for it. But this is worth it. You know, I'm, I'm actually at the moment, I just said to God, okay, Lord, I want to, I don't want to wait until the holidays when I have more time. I want to be intentional now. So I started just working through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In my car, when I drive, I put the Word of Promise audio Bible on. Maybe some of you do it all the time. I don't. I actually like silence when I drive a lot. <laughs> when my husband pumps the music, you know, when we drive. So, yeah, that is something we need to often work through. I like silence. I like silence. And he likes his music, you know, but loud, loud, you know, it's any case. So I don't often actually have things. I don't even do worship music all the time in my car. I love the silence often. So I need to be intentional. I need to be intentional to fill myself up. So when I fetch Vian at school and there's a five minutes where I need to wait, I listen to it while I drive and I listen to it while I wait. And I can feel the difference. It's almost like revisiting those beautiful stories, you know, that, that really blesses us. Just revisiting them and feeling it. I feel my connection with God increasing. I feel the connection strengthening. Just because I now have a plan and I put it on when I drive. So I want to encourage you, find something. Find something, have communion. You know, we, when, when I was, I grew up in a very traditional church and there you have communion in church only. You know, it wasn't part of my family tradition to do it at home. But what God wants us to do is to have communion all the time at home. Not only at a prayer meeting, not only in church, not only, uh, you know, when, when there's a, a leader, a church leader, you can do it at home on your own and you can say, Lord, I feel distracted. I feel disconnected, but I, I remind myself of the cross and what you've done for me. I'm having communion, Lord. I'm being active, you know, instead of just feeling despondent because you're distracted. I mean, there's, there's a few very practical things we can do just to redirect our hearts and to prepare ourselves to not only relax, but to revive. Amen? Amen. So plan it. Be intentional. Think, think. where's the times when you actually, it's kind of daytime, and fill it up with something that's going to bring life for you and for the people around you. Then number three. I'm an accountant, okay? So forgive me for this one. <laughs> Spend wisely. Spend wisely. I just know that, you know, I don't know how many of you have overspent during holiday time. And it's so depressing afterwards. You've had this awesome time, but you realize, oh, my goodness, I've spent too much money. And then it kind of takes away from the experience or from the, the joy that you've had because now you need to somehow make a plan to get out of the red and you need to now fix this. So what about spending wisely? What about, I mean, December is a time of spending. I'm not going to tell you not to spend. This is not what I want to do. It is a time where we spend more money than usual. It is a time where we can plan a gift, where we can you know, plan a meal. It's wonderful. It's, it's part of the festive season. 
We should do that. However, we can do it in a way that doesn't lead to debt in January or depression. <laughs> you know, there's this guy, Dave Ramsey. He's a financial guru giving a lot of tips and, 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 you know, help many people to structure their finances in a biblical way. So he says the following. He says we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. So maybe you don't get to the third part. Maybe you just buy things you don't need. Maybe you have the money, but you buy things you don't need. Maybe you buy things you don't need with money you don't have. And, you know, if you get to impressing people you don't even like, it's just sad. You know, it's just really sad. Now you've wasted money you don't have on something you don't need. To impress somebody that might not even, you know, be impressed. <laughs> so I want to encourage you to think through your December spending. Think it through. You know, also just because you have the money doesn't mean you should buy it. Right? And I've I've had to remind myself of that a lot when... Before I worked at the church, I earned quite a big salary, and I found myself, you know, just because now I have money, I feel that I can buy it, so why shouldn't I buy it? But it's not even something that I'm necessarily going to use. You know, so I think we can so easily, all of us, our situations are different. So you can either have the money and spend it without even thinking, (laughs) Or you don't have the money and then you spend it. That's even, you know, both is actually not good. Because we need to, we need to do our spending according to what God tells us to do. Because we are stewards. We are stewards of what God has given us. But when we do it God's way, you know what, what there is? Financial peace. Compared to financial stress. To compared to financial guilt. Compared to financial condemnation or insecurity or confusion, when you do it God's way, there's peace. You know, that's one of the the most special things. You know, Andre and I have been married for 21 years, and we have had to navigate a lot of things in our marriage. And I can honestly tell you that the one thing that we we managed to find is financial peace. It's liberating. You know, we, we, yeah, we fight about many things, but not about finances. I'm joking. Not too many other things. <laughs> but you will be surprised how many tension there is in families because of finances, because of a different, different opinion. I want to buy this, but the other person thinks it's a waste of money. You know, and I, I promise you, you can get to a place in your, in your marriage or in your family or wherever you find yourself, even as an individual, even as a single young adult, you know, where there's peace, where you don't feel this pressure all the time or confusion, should I give, should I not give? I mean, there are so many beautiful guidelines in the Word of God, you know, when we honor the Lord, we honor the Lord. What we do, our our gift to the Lord, which is 10% of our income, it's the first item on our budget. That is part, it's not the only thing, but that's part of our financial peace that we experience. It is liberating, you know. We can make financial decisions boldly and freely, and sometimes God leads us away from our budget, and then we talk about it, but there's freedom. It's freedom. We're loading our spiritual weapon with financial peace because of certain decisions 
that we make. And I want to encourage you. You know, there was, uh, I grew up as a, uh, in a teacher's home. My dad raised five of us on a teacher's salary for a very long time until my mom uh, raised us. She raised kids and then she went back to teaching as well. So I always wanted over this, uh, over holidays, you know, I always looked at these ice cream popsicles in these freezers and at the shops. I was like, Daddy, please, can I have one of these? And then my dad would time and time again would tell me, Sonica, no, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy a five-liter tub, and then everybody can have it. And we take it home, then everybody can have an I had to make a piece with it. I wasn't always happy, you know, I couldn't understand. But my dad had to make many, many wise financial decisions to, to raise all of us. And I have so much respect for that, you know. He didn't say, no, no ice cream. He said, we can have ice cream, but it's going to look a bit different when it got to your desire. You know, and if, if, we, if we hold on to our way, we're, we're not even going to enjoy the ice cream at home with our siblings and the family celebration of opening it up and, you know, all having ice cream. I'm just going to sulk and feel sorry for myself because I didn't get what I want. And I think often in a festive season, we, we can so easily get upset because things don't go our way. And this is when we, like I say, this is when we load that, 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 that weapon that's going to release, this, release destructive ammunition. And my goal this morning is to give you a few ideas, to give you a few ideas. You need to, you need to take it to God. You need to take uh, whatever would work for you. But I want to encourage you, let's, let's spend wisely. Amen. Let's do our finances God's way. Let's make our goal not spending alone, but financial peace. Let's spend with a goal of financial peace. And let's come back in January without regrets, without feeling, oh, I've spent so much money. I shouldn't have done that. You know, have a family meeting as a dad. Tell your family, we can do this, but we can't do this. Don't feel bad, you know, to communicate. Tell your, your kids or just look at your budget and say, I can do this, but I can't do this. Or I can eat out three times, but not ten times. You know, have a few ideas, talk it through, pray it through, ask God to provide if you need extra money. Make him a part of your holiday budget. Amen. We can do this. Then remove regrets. A regret can be, like I say, spending too much. A regret can be getting upset and saying things that you regret, you know, getting angry because you don't get your way. Now you speak words that really hurt your family. Or regrets can be just watching a movie that was really, now you're lying awake at night because you're fearful. And you should know, it's, it's, you, re, you regret this specific thing that you watch. Regrets can be anything. But I want to, I want to take you to a scripture in Mark 6. Just about a certain king who had a very specific regret because of something he, he did. So the background to this story is, we know John the Baptist was making the way for Jesus. Now in the time that he lived, there was a king called Herod. Now Herod, for some reason, took his brother Philip's wife. He took her. I don't know how he took her, but he took her. Okay. He, um, I don't know if his brother was happy with it or not, but in any case, John the Baptist said this is, this is wrong. 
Okay, this is wrong what you've done. So Herodias, this is now the woman, she was very upset. She was furious. Very upset with John the Baptist. However, the king Herod, I want to I wanna read to you how he felt about John. Because he had a different heart towards John. It says in Mark 6, verse 20, both Herod, uh, But Herod both feared and stood in awe of John and kept him safely in custody because he was convinced that he was a righteous and a holy man. Every time Herod heard John speak, it disturbed his soul. But he was drawn to him and he was intrigued by his words. So this passage shows me that Herod was not necessarily against John. Definitely not planning to kill him. Okay, he was keeping him safely in custody. But what happened is Herod, fast forward a little bit, Herod's birthday party was coming up. So he's throwing this massive party with important officials and people who are really important. And, and then at some point during this party, his stepdaughter, so Herodias' daughter, she started dancing in front of everybody. And the king was so pleased, listen to this, he was, he was so pleased with her dancing, he made an offer. He said to me, oh, you can ask me anything you want. Anything you desire, I'll give it to you, even half my kingdom. Now, you know, just think about it for a moment. This is the king. This is his stepdaughter. What is she doing? She's dancing. Okay. So why on earth would he make this kind of a promise? Even half my kingdom to his stepdaughter because she's dancing. Now, this passage is not mentioning alcohol, right? They're not saying the king was drunk. I'm not saying the king was drunk either, okay? I'm just wondering about this party. Now, I'm thinking, if you are, if you're in your right mind, would you do that? Would you actually give half of your kingdom to your stepdaughter who's dancing in front of you? No. So now I'm thinking, Maybe, just maybe, there was unlimited alcohol at this party. Maybe the king has just had one glass of wine too many. Just one or two, I don't know. Maybe, I'm saying maybe. But I want to I wanna read or tell you the rest of the story. Now she's got this offer, this girl. She runs to her mom. She says, mom, what should I ask? What does her mom say? The head of John the Baptist on a platter. This is a horror story. <laughs> you know, this is a horror movie. You know, this is King's birthday. Everybody's happy. Girls dancing. Next moment, she's asking for somebody's head on a platter. I mean, I don't even, I'm so glad I wasn't at that party. <laughs> and now, okay, let me read you what the king, the king's response. Deeply grieved. The king regretted his promise to her. But since he has made his vow in front of all his honored guests, he couldn't deny her request. Deeply grieved. He regretted his decision. So let's talk about us. Okay, this feels very far away, like many centuries ago. Where does this leave us? So I wanna, I wanna ask us, have we ever done or said something and really regretted what we've done? Let's leave alcohol for a moment. Just, we were angry. 
or we were impatient, or we were selfish, or we, there was, there was some kind of emotion behind it, or we felt unloved or, or disrespected. Now we do things, we say things that we really regret. Now, let's add alcohol to the mix. You're not yourself. You're not in control. You know, you, 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 maybe you drink and drive. Maybe you do things, you say things you, that you really regret. And what about this season, this festive season, having no regrets? What, what about just at least considering having no regrets, you know? And sometimes, you know, alcohol is a very specific thing. All of us struggle. All of us have something that we struggle with. Alcohol might not be your thing that you struggle with, but maybe it's your friend's struggle. Now, you having your glass of wine and you happy, but your friend is having the fourth or the fifth one. He needs to get home, he or she, and, and you, because you are okay, you forget about your friend who actually needs protection, who needs help, who needs a buddy. You know, what about celebrating New Year's Eve this year in a very different way? What about planning worship or planning to pray over each other or asking Lord for a word saying that 11 to 12 o'clock on New Year's Eve? What about replacing only relaxing with something that's going to revive us? You know, and I'm not, once again, you know, that it, this alcohol in itself is not wrong. It's not the problem. It's how we handle it and whether we would be able to Stop at a certain point before we have regrets. You know, and some of us need a buddy. And you need to be that buddy. Some of us need somebody who can say, let's do New Year's Eve with non-alcoholic drinks. Or with limited, at least limited alcohol. Is this radical? Yes. Yes. You know, but if we trust the Lord for revival, if we trust the Lord for more of Him, in our hearts, in our homes, in our cities. We need to make a few radical decisions that will lead to radical revival in East London. Amen? Otherwise, we, we come to church and we worship God and we go home and we celebrate New Year's Eve like we did 10 years ago or 20 years ago. You know, there's movies today that I watched in the past. I wouldn't touch it today. I wouldn't come close to it. I don't even want to see the cover. <laughs> you know, but I've watched movies I would never watch today. So if we, if we've known Jesus for 10 years or 15 or 20 years or even three months, are there things we do now differently from what we did 10 years ago? Or are we still celebrating New Year's Eve the exact same way? The same six pack of beers, the same, you know, same bride, the same friends, Surely if we know Jesus, surely if we are exposed to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the lover of our souls, surely our decision-making should change over years. And yes, we're on a journey. So this message is not to condemn, not to judge. I'm just saying if, if we want to have revival in our hearts, in our homes, and in our cities, we might need to make a few radical, radical decisions. We might need to help each other to make those radical decisions. We might need to come alongside somebody and say, buddy, I'm go- 
Let's have fun. Let's have an awesome evening. But let's have no regrets. Amen? Amen. And I, I'm so excited about, you know, just growing in my relationship with the Lord. You know, and I evaluate myself. I say, look, 10 years ago, I watched that movie. And when I want to watch it now again, I'm like, oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> I read the reviews. I read what, you know, what language they use. And I'm like, sorry, I can't do this anymore. And 10 years ago, I wasn't there, or 20, you know. I didn't have that conviction, which means also we cannot judge each other. We cannot, I cannot force my convictions on my husband or on my son as a family. I cannot force it on my friends. I am accountable to the Lord for my decisions and my convictions. But what about living a life inspiring, you know, inspiring others to to grow closer to God, to 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 love him, not only with our lips, with, with our actions. Amen. Amen. And, and maybe this, maybe you feel, oh, you don't know how to do this. You don't know how to spend wisely. You don't know how to remove regrets. But then I want to give you even more good news this morning. God has given us someone who can help us. Not a, not a, a, a human body, but the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't try and be better. The solution is not to try harder. The solution is not to be a better person or try and be a better person. It's God knew that we cannot do this on our own. We need help. We need help. And we're all different. We all have different backgrounds, different childhood experiences that shape us into certain habits that we still sometimes today struggle to shake as a believer. But that is why we need the Holy Spirit. That is why we need to be connected to the vine. Because we are just the branches. But Jesus is the vine. And if we are connected with him, there will be love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and gentleness. We can't produce it in ourselves. It is an automatic result of spending time with Jesus. But we have to be intentional. Amen. Spending time with God is not just going to fall out of the sky. If Andre and I want to spend time, we must be intentional. Okay, because he gets hundreds of messages. I'm not even exaggerating. (laughs) Messages, phone calls, people that want to see him. So if we are not going to be intentional, I'm never going to see him. You know, if I'm not intentional with my relationship with the Lord, I'm never going to speak to him. You know, I'm, I'm, it's always going to be a rushed conversation. It's always going to be a, uh, an admin conversation between me and God. I need unrushed time with Jesus. So do you. You know, John 14 verse 16 says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. He's with you always. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. He's with you. He fights for you. He believes in you. He thinks you're amazing. But we cannot do it without him. You know, that that scripture, that word help is parakletos. It's intercessor. It's comforter. Jesus prays for you. The Holy Spirit is interceding. You know, there's this partnership. There's this partnership. He's a comforter. He's a helper. He's an advocate. He fights for you. He's your counselor. Ask him for advice. Ask him to help you. He's your strengthener. He's the one who really, really revives us, who strengthens us. So once again, the solution is not to try harder, but it's to ask God 
will help. So let me give you an example. Say, for example, we want to make time for God. I'm convinced, you know. Uh, Sonica has convinced me I must make time for God, but I don't know how. You know, I kind of fall asleep when I read the Bible. I can't wake up in the mornings. I'm busy. I'm distracted. Then you ask for help. You say, Lord, I want to spend time with you. This is my heart. This is my desire. I know this is going to be good for me. I know this is going to make me flourish. I want to spend time with you, but I am distracted. I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to movies and games and shopping and food. And I'm, I'm drawn to my work. I'm a workaholic. I work too much. I, I'm drawn to so many things. And I'm so distracted. But I want to connect with you. Forgive me. Forgive me for being distracted. Forgive me for running around. Forgive me for not prioritizing our connection and our relationship. Help me. Give me an undivided heart. This is how you start with anything, whether it's spending, whether it's, whether it's alcohol, whether, whatever it might be, ask the Lord for help. Then you don't stop there. You say, okay, Lord, what are we going to do together? What are we going to do? Show me. Go into you version. Ask God which Bible plan you should do. Don't just pick a random, okay, pick a random one is a good start, okay? So, but what about asking God? Because He knows you. He created you. Maybe you should do something on leadership. Maybe you should do something on anxiety or fear. Maybe you should do something on, on the fruit of the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit. There's something that will energize you, that will motivate you because we're all unique. So partner with God. Have communion. So, okay, Lord, I feel oppressed. I feel depressed. I, I, I don't feel good. But I'm going to now have communion. I'm going to remind myself of the cross. I'm going to remind myself of what you've done for me. And I'm going to ask you to help me. It's a game changer. It really is. But so often we try harder. We even set our alarm and then we snooze it. <laughs> We have good intentions, right? I mean, New Year's resolutions. We, ha- we all, we want to be better. You wouldn't be here this morning if you don't have a heart after God. So I want to commend you for being here. This shows that you have a heart after God. It shows that you want to follow Him. The only problem is we don't have it in us. We are just the branches. We need to be connected to the vine. And that is why we can ask Him for help. Amen. This is why this is so beautiful. Zechariah 4 verse 6. Uh, it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. He has given us his spirit. We're not alone. He is our helper. Amen. So what about making wise December decisions that will lead to life-giving January ammunitions? What about it? What about at least considering it? What about at least praying about it? What at least having some intention to put the word into practice? You know, not to only be a hearer of the word, but to actually be a doer of the word. And for each one of us, it will look different. But you can do it. The fact that you're here this morning shows me that you can do it because your feet found it. I mean, you can't just, you know, you can't just, I don't know, time travel here quickly. You need to get into your car. You need to drive here. You need to walk in here. You need to sit in this chair and listen to me. You need to, you need to do a few things. 
You can do more. Not in your own strength. Not, we're not just running around, you know, doing things for God. We're partnering with him. And for each one of us, it will look different. Amen? You can do this? Yes. So I want, I want you to take these cards on your chair. So if you don't have a card, look for the one next on, on the chair next to you. There's more cards here in front. It says, my December decisions. Okay, this, is there anybody who doesn't have a card? Okay. Should you? Cheryl? They are somewhere. They are somewhere on a chair. So make sure you have a card, okay? Just look on an empty chair. You're going to find a few. I want you to have a card in your hand because we're going to, we're going to write something down. Because this is the start of being intentional. Start of being intentional. Anybody else needing a card or a pen? Okay. I want you to spend two or three minutes. So if, if the ashes can start handing out the communion, please, while we are considering our December decisions. I want us to think through what I've said. Maybe for you it's something completely different. Maybe your goal is or your your plan is to check your eating habits, you know, not to completely overeat with every meal and feel, I mean, we laugh about it, eh? but it's, it's, that's the other depressing thing in January, to lose 10Ks. I mean, who wants to lose 10Ks in January? <laughs> who, who, wants to, who wants to get rid of debt in January, you know? For each one of us, it will look different, but I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit. Ask him, Lord, what should my December decisions look like? Maybe you just need to love your family. Well, maybe you need to watch a movie with your wife, you know, (laughs) a romantic movie with your wife. Maybe you should actually just do something that is not so enjoyable to you, but it's enjoyable to your family. So I want you to take a pen and take a card And put on, even if it's just one, put it down on the card, write it down. And then I want you to have communion either with your spouse or a friend. Share with them, look, I'm going to watch the Chosen series. I'm writing it down. And then have communion and ask the Lord to help you. We can do that. So write down one or two things on your card that God is guiding you to do. If you feel comfortable, share it with a friend and then have communion. Pray together. Say, Lord, I want to do my finances with you in partnership with you this holiday. I want to remove regrets. I want to make time for you. Lord, I'm going to do a Bible plan on your version. I want us to do a declaration together as a church. Because there's life and death in our tongue, right? It's either going to be life or it's going to be death. And sometimes we make declarations not because we have it all together or because it's sorted out or even necessarily believing what we're saying. But as we, as we speak it out, it changes us because it releases a life. So that's the other thing you can make 
you know, a, a decision about what are the words that's coming out of our mouths. Is it negative about our family or our country or our work or, you know, your job, your boss? What is coming out of our mouths constantly? Because it will release death if it's negative. But the opposite is true. It will release life when when it's based on the truth, when it's based on the Word of God, when it's based on our connection with Him. So I want us to do this declaration together. I'll read it to you, and then we can, we can speak it out together. Lord, I consecrate to you the rest of 2022. My desire is not only to relax, but also to revive. Help me to make wise decisions that will lead to life-giving ammunition. Prepare me for the next season. Help me to be intentional about revival in my heart and in my home. Because the truth is, if we are intentional about revival in our hearts and our home, it will lead to revival in the city. It will, it will be an automatic outflow because then our words will be filled with life. Our actions will be filled with life. You will change into a different employee at work. When there's true revival in our hearts and in our homes, it will reflect in our workplace and in our cities. I mean, so let's, let's just declare this together. Lord, I consecrate to you the rest of 2022. My desire is not only to relax, but also to revive. Help me to make wise decisions that will lead to life-giving ammunition. Prepare me for the next season. Help me to be intentional about revival in my heart and in my home. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.